Now, evening everyone. Welcome to the Potty Mouth Garden Club there. Hope everyone is fine. Yes, we have a fantastic show, but before the fantastic show and the amazing guests, let's run through that once more. Discord. Don't forget we have the Discord. That's fantastic. Pop over there. We've got two. We've just been taught about that, me and Steve as well, and this channel as well. Subscribe to the Potty Mouth on YouTube. That would be fantastic. We have just over a few more than 207 in the, you know, subscribe, so that's lovely. And don't forget, now the biggest thing, the, the, the biggest podcast, gardening podcast going, the ultimate podcast for your gardening needs there. Subscribe to that on any podcasting app. That would be fantastic. So let me run the intro and we'll see our guests. <laughs> And don't forget, if you want a question asked, which I will do there now without hitting my microphone, put the capital letter Q and then your question, and then I can kind of find it in the in the comments there. And there's already three questions there, so get your questions in, and that will be fantastic. Letter Q, so I can search for it and then put you in. So, the guests, there we go. You'll see somebody new there. Hello, Hannah, how are you? Hi, I'm good, uh, thank you. Well, Hannah, as you know, if you watched my kind of video a couple of weeks ago, I'll pop down to Hannah's little, actually where she works, which is the, the lovely thing, Hannah. You work in like the city centre, but in, a, in like a list, secret little garden for the, the restaurant track hall. Is that right? Yeah, um, right under the same bridge. And it's fun. And honestly, like... I was just saying to Hannah when I kind of looked, you know what I mean? It's like jealousy, like the raised beds and the soil condition and everything. It's just like, it's almost like paradise for a garden. They were like, and you, did you say those beds were reclaimed as well? Like reclaimed timber? Yeah, so they're all basically just like old scaffolding boards. Man. They were just, they were nicer than just scaffolding boards. I don't know what kind of boards <laughs> they, were, they were actually lovely there. So Hannah, it's lovely to have you on. It's, Hannah is on Ginger Grows One on Instagram. And we'll talk a little bit about that, about that later on, Hannah, as well. But we'll meet our other esteemed guests, Stephen. <laughs> How are you doing, Hello, sir? How are okay, you I'm wonderful. Good, good. Everything going all right in the garden? Wet feet, but yeah. I know, I know. It has been, to be honest, Steve, it has been up here as well. It's been quite quite wet. But I was yeah, just very we were talking like off, off air there. For me, it's just been... Through the night, you know, on, on my kind of the northeast coast, you're through the night. Has it actually been re- raining through the day for you, has it? Yeah, on some days it's been absolutely hammering it down. Right. I had to choose my words carefully there. Yeah. <laughs> uh, oh, yes, I <laughs> see where possibly you might be going with that one. Yeah, we'll see, yeah. We'll see you soon. And JB. Oh, why is he not JB? Oh, 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 oh that's, oh, that's actually <laughs> number three, JB. <laughs> I'll tell you what, Jamie, until I get that thing sorted, I'll see if I can put, um, put your eyes on. professional, you know. Yes, number three. That might be easier just to... There's one. Yeah. Hey, Jamie, it's not, it's not just yet. Let's have a look. Right. Now, is that... That should be working, then. Unless that's Hannah's little slot. Anyway, Jamie, how are you? So I know you've been... Like, not much gardening... 
but a lot of housework, yeah. I think, has been yeah. going on. Is that right? Is that right? Yeah, it's been a um, that was a bit of a manic a laugh as well. I'll, I'll you know, <laughs> yeah, it is, okay. yeah, it's been um, it's not been great. I've not been having a great time. Lots of just stressful, stupid stuff, and um, yeah, not had much time to get in the garden. But um, I'm looking forward to being because I know on. you did see a Jibby that you kind of you were going to you know. Tony, I'll pop up and I'll maybe be able to get a photograph or two. So you yeah. even haven't had... No, I don't worry about that. You even hadn't time for that. So the house must be taken over. Because sometimes for me, yeah. like the rest that my little sanctuary is my garden to get there. So you're not even getting that little kind of my no, time. it's just little stupid little things that keep going wrong. And um, like I had to drop everything last minute to go and help my parents yesterday. That's why I didn't have to... I didn't have the time to get up the plot. Um, I literally just bombed up there and made sure everything was still alive in the greenhouse. Gave it a quick <laughs> um, and that was all I had time for, you know. And it's just been... Um, yeah, like the past two weeks as well. I wasn't on the show last week, but um, yeah, same before that. It's just loads of fiddly little house stuff. Um, and luckily, now we're kind of in the end of the season. It's it's not too dramatic if you can't get to the plot. Um, so I've been prioritising that stuff a little bit. But I really miss it. I really, really want to get some good quality time at the garden very soon, hopefully this week. Well, what, you know, what I find is like once you kind of miss a day or two, it's quite easy to just like miss another day and miss another day. Yeah. And then yes. Before you yeah. realise, it's, you know, your kind of your days mm. have gone. Steve, I know you kind of, out there, that's, I'll have to put GP on that one. So that's GB, I think it's going to be... It's a professional I'm show. Oh, oh, I know, I know. If I put him on four there, I don't think he's going to be on four on that one. So I don't know how I'll work that one out a little bit later, GB. <laughs> <laughs> it's too hard. I'll just keep jumping to you when I'm live. I kind of work it out. So, Steve, you know, do you get... Because you're like my inspiration, like guru for going up there constantly, day after day after day, getting your garden done. Do you ever yeah. hit them kind of times when it's just so hard you miss in a, you miss a week? Miss a week? No, never miss a week. Ne- never. Right. No. Um, sometimes you miss a day. And I was thinking about my tip for tonight, and I was going to say, but I've, all, I've also verged on this in the past, so I've eliminated it as a tip. But the, one of the best things I can say is to keep gardening, because especially at this time of the year when things are slowed down, if you miss a day, then next week you'll miss two. And the week after you'll miss three. Then you'll miss a week. And mm-hmm. then before you know where you are, it's it's five months till the season starts again next year. And if you miss all them days now, all that time of prep, then you've missed so much time. And you've missed all the goodness of going out in whatever daylight's out there, getting your vitamin D and getting your exercise as well. So, But, yeah, even I miss a day or two now and again. But... Um, you know, by the time I get to two days, I'm sort of crawling up the walls. Let me out. <laughs> what about, I was going to ask you, you know, Steve, what about, you know, when you go and see like like a holiday, what's it feel like when you come back? Is it kind of like a, a totally strange thing? Because if you're there every day, it must, yeah. things must just flourish away in that week. And then it's like, wow. It can be, yeah. But the last holiday I had was 2016. So <laughs> it doesn't happen often. So, what would stop you going there then? Just certain like kind of personal things, or, or do you try and get to that yeah, allotment? Every basically, year? I mean, I mean, kind of my existence, as you know, is you know, is all centered around Anne and Anne's health and her her management for her for her care. So, if she was ill or something, then that would take me out of it. Obviously, you know, mm-hmm. home life always comes first. So. 
that would yeah. take me out of it. But then right, right. I'll be itching to get back into it as soon as possible. Oh, no, no. <laughs> oh it's, it's it's like you say. As soon as you kind of come back to it, there is that kind of feeling of ah. Do you know what I mean? Hannah, yeah. it must be weird for you though, Hannah, because your day job is gardening. So, did, did, is it a hard balance, Hannah, to kind of have that where you're, you're putting all your energy into your work job, and then you've because you've got an allotment as well. Am I right in thinking? So, yeah, I do. How, how does that balance out for you? Do, you? do you give as much attention to both of them? Do you know what? When I started my job, I thought that my allotment would kind of sit on the back burner, but it actually hasn't. Um, this whole year has just been completely like gardening related. Everything right. that I've done, work, hobbies, everything. So, not really. Um, I try to pop up the allotment quite a bit, but I don't always do jobs when I'm there, which is the problem. <laughs> And I think, were you telling us, Hannah, that your allotment's quite far now from, because you've moved or something, so you've got a kind of journey to, to get to your allotment as well. So mm-hmm. does that ever come into it where you think, oh, you know what, I can't be bothered to drive up there, it's bloody miles away? Sometimes, but with I work on Newcastle side, um, and my allotment's on Newcastle side, so I can just pop home on the way from work, really, and it is literally on the way home. Right, So right. I kind of don't have an excuse. <laughs> Well, it's funny, funny to see that because I, I know we haven't got JB on on there. But <laughs> I'm still here. <laughs> JB, if, have you noticed what's kind of what's what's? <laughs> it's only the North JB that will want gardeners on this show. Can you tell? I'm trying to like cruise you out of there. <laughs> it's only the North Geordies and the kind of up north there people. You know what I mean? So there, he's still there. He's still there. What's um, so questions? Let's see if there's any questions. JB, I could put you on, but I'd I'd get all mixed up, and I might have to move everybody around on that slot okay, there. So I'm going to have to just kind of look at your glorious face like that for the, for the <laughs> night. And my apologies to everyone. Um, let's just have a look then. Oh, Mark's asking. Let's have a look. Just jump to Mark is asking. I've got a problem with ground elder in my garden. Any tips? How to get shot of it. Now, Mark, that's way beyond me. I'm not... Um, what is ground elder? Anybody know ground elder, Stephen? I've seen it before, but it's been a long time since I've seen it. But, um, again, granddad, he had a mantra mm-hmm. for that as well. Right. It's any weed, never let it see a Sunday. There, there. Mark, <laughs> there you go, then. You kind of get better than that. JB, and... You, have you heard of ground elder? Is it something you're interested? Yes, yes. Oh, oh yes, never, yes. Thankfully, I've never had to deal with it. But um, from what I know, it's a rhizominous. Um, it's a it's a real bugger. <laughs> it's a real difficult one. So I feel for you, Mark. Um, the only method I've ever, I think it's continual digging. It's a bit like um, horsetail or mare's tail um, bindweed. You know, you just got to oh, dig it right, out. Right, right. It's, it. it's it's in with that um, kind yeah. of lot. Or yeah. go really heavy on chemical stuff, but lots of uh-huh. people, for you know various reasons, don't like doing that. Where you're growing food, which there's a, a that's one. a good that's a good question. I never thought of GB there, and I'll ask you there now. Saves is going back to the kind of the blank page of you. What are your <laughs> views on chemical when you've got a weed that's kind of persistent and is uh, literally taking yeah. over your plot? Because so me personally, there's... I would kind of throw anything at it. Do you know what I mean petrol? No, really. These are, if it's going to take over the plot, you know what I mean? <laughs> Just set fire to it. <laughs> burn it, burn it, yeah. If I told you the stories of when I was a kid with fires, my God, man, I'd be off the air. 
What would you do <laughs> yeah, then, so, GB? Um, I am not personally a fan of using glyphosate or Roundup. That's kind of like the, I guess, the broadest spectrum. Is that my internet? It's kind of a bit funny there. A little um, bit. Um, that's all right. Oh, sorry. Just hold on. Um, that might help it. I'm um, sorry. Yeah, so we used to use it in um, kind of countryside management situations as well. So when we were looking after big areas of land um, and we would have kind of invasive weeds that were kind of threatening the habitat, um, even in those kind of situations, we were using it um, to kill off things like rhododendron that were like invasive species. And so there is kind of two sides to the argument about using it. And I think there's lots of scenarios where it, it can be kind of justified. Um, I think it does, generally speaking, readily break down in the soil. But the the danger is how targeted the application is mm-hmm. of Roundup. You know, if you end up hitting the wrong things, that's when it can have really, really bad knock-on effects. Or if you use too much of it, I think the toxicity can build up in the soil. And it's not really healthy to be consuming. So using it around food, mm-hmm. a lot of people are really, really quite scared of using it in the garden. And I think that's, that's kind of valid. Um, personally, I haven't used it. But then I haven't really had any super nasty pernicious weeds that I've not been able to. Uh, do I mean, I'm kind of, I'm saying I would. I haven't had any nothing. To, you know what I mean? It's kind of, it's the only thing that's a, it's concrete. Most of mine's concrete, concrete <laughs> parts, you know what I mean? So, just like, you know what I mean? It's not that kind of bad. But I just know, you, you know, you see, you know, folks send us pictures and you see pictures and just, yeah. like, you're thinking, how do you battle that? Yeah, you can put your cardboard down and you, you, f- you probably have to like five to ten inches of compost each year. I mean, each year to kind of build it up, you know. So, yeah, it's interesting to find out. I don't know, Hannah. Are you? I, t- I guess you're kind of totally organic as well, because you, you've got the, the the restaurant to kind of go through. Now, I know just looking from your restaurant, if I, when I remember going there, there was no invasive weeds there. But what about your allotment? Is, is that sometimes come under attack from anything or not? Or but that cups. Right, right. Oh, is that um, your kind quite of... badly? Mm-hmm. Right. And how would you get um, rid of that? How do you get rid of buttercups? And I guess so. But yeah, we kind of dug them all up and then put, um, like you said, cardboard and wood chip on. But that was maybe two seasons ago now, so they're definitely coming back through. Um, and then the polytunnel, they had like membrane and then gravel, and they still popped up in there as well. Right. So, it's just a case of well, every time I go up, I pull a few out, to be honest. Uh-huh. Does it stress yeah. you, weeds? Do they, do they, no? Really. Yeah, so, no. 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 Like no. a Stephen's saying, no, as well. Did, you know, that you don't, it doesn't stress you. You just kind of throw anything rubbish around there, all your dead heads on the path, so you'll probably not see uh-huh. your yeah. weeds. <laughs> No, I do, but I, I do, but I, I say I stick with that mantra, ever can. Not always, it's not always possible, but never let them see a Sunday. Uh-huh. And that way you keep them down. After a couple of weeks, they start to weaken off. You'll get the occasional one, but when you when one pops up, just go and rip it out and it's done with. And that so was granddad's, that was granddad's seeing, am I right? Uh, no, no sort of this one's come up with the granddads. Uh, li- listen, listen, look what I've got there. Oh, <laughs> so, there is. Now, talk us through that picture then, Steve, just so we can kind of know who's who and who's what. Well, my granddad, the, the career gardener, is the guy on the on the left. That's Albert, my right. granddad. Uh, the little kid next to him is my brother, who's sadly no longer with us. That was Christopher. Is then that stood up Chris- on the chair? Is Christopher is, the one who's me? Is Christopher the one that's uh, sitting down? Sorry? 
Was is Christopher the one that's sitting down? Yes, he is. Yeah. Right. Right. And then I'm stood up there, little Pugsley. And <laughs> <laughs> uh, next to me is my other granddad on my dad's side. He was uh, he was a tram driver actually, but yeah, he was also a gardener. Right, right. But it's it's your granddad on the left who was who's actually who taught you all you know yes. and kind of made you watch from the age of five and everything. Yeah. Was he was he a serious man with gardening, or did he you know was it a more relaxed gardening? Like approach or no? He was a very serious gardener. Um, there were certain things I wasn't allowed to touch. I wasn't allowed to touch his compost heap, and if I got anywhere near it, he'd be watching me like a hawk because he had a certain way of doing it. And there was, I say, yeah, there were certain things I wasn't allowed to touch. That's right. for sure. <laughs> well, it's amazing because I'm glad you kind of showed with that picture. Do you know what I mean? And that, like you said, like just the generations. Of gardeners there as well. Did you ever go yeah. to your other granddad's garden and, and have a look round and play? Oh and... gosh, yeah. He, uh-huh. he was more of a, a backyard, and I think he had an allotment plot at one stage, and the allotment plot almost backed onto his back garden. Uh, but he had a greenhouse uh-huh. down there, and, and the typical thing at the time was a big rhubarb patch and an apple tree and a mint mint patch, and then little lines of veggies, uh-huh. you know, that sort of thing. Actually, my granddad, the one on the right there, he he had an old motorbike my dad had given him to get around on, and uh, it stopped working, so he dug a hole in the garden, put this bloody old motorbike in it, and then planted rhubarb on the top, and it was the best bloody rhubarb <laughs> in the village. <laughs> Man, that's unreal. That's fantastic. Yeah. So who, who did you, you like, you, your granddad, like, the... Work for you know, like uh, my granddad worked for the Liverpool Parks and Gardens, right? Um, right, that was his main job, but he had other jobs as well. He was very much involved in the church, he was in the church choir and he maintained the churchyard, um, as well, which I used to go and help with. And then he had a couple of private clients he would go and see once or twice a week. Um, and in his old, old garden, when I was that age, there. He had a massive greenhouse there that was probably 40, maybe 50 foot long, brick base, proper brick sided greenhouse, wow. and a massive wow. garden. And back in those days, we had to go and pick the raspberries so he could sell them because uh-huh. you couldn't get hold of them anywhere at that age. So, just well, like I say, that, um, that picture was just kind of when I seen it, it was just like because <laughs> you've talked about your granddad all the time with the kind of yes. did you did you see you would you were kind of going through drawers or something and you discovered it or, or have you had it kind of I'm trying to sort out this room and I haven't yet got got round to it but I was sorting through old paperwork and this photo just actually fell out of my bench and I thought oh too good to be true so I just photographed it on my phone and uploaded it straight away right. for you guys to see oh, that's fantastic well thank you very much for that lad it, uh, Hi, you're welcome really appreciate it I'm sure we're all here right let's see if there's any more questions um Graham Bolton is asking. Let me just put Graham's up there. Question. I planted my onion set 2nd of October. When shall I expect to see some movement, please, Graham? <laughs> no. That's, um, when did I put mine in? It was only a few days ago. So I'm guessing we're talking about winter onions, Graham, there. So anybody planting, apart from me, winter onions? Hannah, have you got winter onions on the go? 
Yeah, Postman about, I put mine quite early this year actually. Um, I think mine have been in maybe three or four weeks now. Right. I put some garlic in as well and they're much faster in popping up than the onions. The garlic are doing really well, the onions are a bit hitty missy, but they're, they're coming up now, so good three weeks I would say. Right, right. And when would you, I mean, I guess you're doing your winter onions just as a kind of a forerunner to your, to your big crop of onions, which you'll probably be kind of sow maybe like the Boxing Day. I'll, I'll put, are you a seeds or a set girl? I'll be honest, um, until this year, I've never grown onions from seeds or leeks. Well, mind I haven't, and I still haven't, but I bought some this year, <laughs> Hannah. And actually, they didn't. Um, they didn't. They didn't bolt because everyone I've used from a set has bolted. And it was, I think, it was Steve saying, "Just try, try, you know, seeds." And I bought some from a from Hannah from you know why have you Hannah? I, this is a little private conversation between me and Hannah because it's like <laughs> Hannah, you know, Wylam Nursery. It's a lovely little yeah, nursery, right? Oh, but. Where they had onion, kind of like from seed, you could tell they were from seed, and I used theirs, and it was just like, wow, man! Just every, I think maybe one went went like bolted. You know what I mean? It was just a, like a dream. So this year we're having kind of roundabout because Steve says roundabout Boxing Day is the time to kind of to get to get onions going. So yeah, that's what we're doing. So. When Stephen, when would you, if you were going to plant, probably like, like Hannah says, three weeks maybe for? Because I'm, I don't know why if you're that bothered, Graham, about wanting to see anything happening. I don't know if you just in case you think it's not grown, but it certainly will. I would presume, you know what I mean, unless you've got like some bad sets. Steve, what's any I mean, advice for Graham? Uh, not really. I don't do um, autumn planting of onions. I'm, I'll plant me garlic and me elephant garlic, but. I've never really got on very well with the autumn planted onions because I'll tell you why, because one or two always dies and I hate gaps in rows. It, it's one of those things where I'll walk <laughs> past it and I'll start twitching. <laughs> it's oh, start no. getting on my nerves. <laughs> well, you know, it's funny, you know, Steve, because that, that's happened with me, with me, all my brassicas this year, different yeah. areas. The, remember the brassicas that I made? I don't know if people can remember. I've got a... A, a garden centre bed of brassicas, which is one bed which I bought the same day I bought the seeds as it happens from Wylam. I've had four or five of them just die straight off with cabbage, you know, like the, the little maggots. And now, uh, like, there's like mm-hmm. half the bed just looks a right mess, you know what I mean? And there's like even the other ones, there's gaps now where, you know, something's happened, something's bitted off and it's gone and it's. I'd rather dig them up, plant them into another bed all together than leave them this how, space. How long have the plants been in the ground when they when they died off then? Which, the the ones with the uh, club Maggots. roots, the cabbage, um, I'd say... Is it fly? Is that it's, what it you is? know, the, the um, GB, I'll put you on later, it's the... You know the little white maggots, the cabbage. Is it root fly? Root, like, root, root fly, yeah. Yeah, no, it is root fly. Yeah. Probably a month, Steve. You know what I mean? Something right, like well, that. Well, it's, it's it's a very good example, and one thing oh, I always always quote to people is: don't buy brassica seedlings from a nursery. Never buy them. Always, you've seen how easy I make it look when I sow them just in a bit of ground in the polytunnel or outside. Mm-hmm. They grow so readily and so quickly. But if you're buying in a brassica, you're possibly paying money to put a disease in your plot. I know. Mm-hmm. Oh, I know. It's, it's, 
it's easy to say that, but when you yep. when you're when you're addicted to, to spending money, as you know I am, and then you I go a rhododendron or a sunflower or something, <laughs> and then you go to a brassic is in the garden centre. Then you go to a garden centre. I cannot help. By Hannah, what you like for that? Oh, I tell you what, I'll jump to JB because we we haven't seen that young lad for a little while. Oh, there he is. Hey, <laughs> JB, are you? When you go to a garden centre, do you kind of have like can't help yourself, or do you? Are nah. you good at? Yeah, I'm so tight. <laughs> I'm so tight. <laughs> I don't part with money easily, <laughs> especially if I've not. Especially not if I've already got the seeds waiting at home. You know, right. Like, I, it's very rare that I get um, super tempted by. Oh God, I'm. You know, plug plants for the other. It's just like it's like candy for me. You know what I mean? It's just yeah. like chocolate. I kind of. I kind of. I get it with flowers a bit, you know, if we've got, like, space in the beds in the back garden, um, you know, like bedding plants and flowers right. and stuff. They're quite appealing because that's just instant. You just, you know, no mm. waiting. You've got a gap, then it's filled. Um, for the allotment, <laughs> I'm not I'm not too precious. The idea of having gaps in rows, like, if that bothered me, I think I'd just never go to the allotment. <laughs> Do you know what I mean? Yes. Uh, no, no, if... Half my row is still there, so... Um, yeah. If um yeah, if, if if gaps were a problem then uh, yes. <laughs> Hannah, do you do you go to garden centers? Do you spend more than what uh, you should do? Yeah, definitely. That is um, Yeah, seedlings, houseplants, anything. <laughs> which is your local one then for you? What you know like, cuz in the, like round the northeast which ones are your favorites? So, have you heard of beverages? Which is like up near Roland's Gill. No. Oh, no. That no. one's really good. That one's like a, just a local little one. And then I go to Wylam and Ollie and Joe's, which is up yes. in Brighton. Well, that one's isn't, quite good. Isn't that the same company as the Wylam one? Oh, is it? I didn't know that. Is this? So, I know we're getting like super kind of here. But you know when you go down the bank from the Runhead pub? Is yeah. that, are you talking about that garden centre? Yeah, the one on yeah. the right hand side. Yeah, I'm side, sure yeah. that's the same. That's the same. So tune in next week for Northeast Gardeners. A lot better. <laughs> <laughs> no, I think that one is. I think that's kind of the same, yeah, the same company little, as well. Stephen, are you there, Stephen? Can you recommend? We'll talk about garden centres. Have you got a nice one over there that the, you go to then? You simply go to. Have I got Stephen? Oh, yeah, I can't hear him either. either. He might have hit the mute. No, I'm not muted here. No, it. it was me, right, it was me. Back. You didn't mute me, did you? You're blanking JP out and you're muting me. Oh, no, it's all good. Welcome to the Northeast Gardening Show. Would you go to a, a, a garden centre then, Steve? You know what I mean? Just like if you're passing one, do you like, come on, we'll, we'll have a look in. Do you have a... Do you enjoy them or not? Or if if I'm off into town on my own, I might just pop in and have a browse around just to keep. I like to keep an eye on prices of things, um, mm. and then when I buy online, I can buy competitively. Then you know, mm-hmm. keep an eye on that sort of thing. But I very rarely buy anything, to be honest. I always try. And, I'm a bit like JB, you know. Money. Why would uh-huh. you? Why would you go and buy something when you've got the seeds and you know the relatively easy for most things to get going well mm. i've been unfortunately i've been buying still Stephen. 
Right, so <laughs> let me just show you what I've been, um, Jibby. I know you're kind of there. Let me, yeah. if I just, there's my little, right. So, a couple of things I have been buying, we'll talk about them. I'll take myself to this book. Has anybody oh, seen one. this book? This book, I think, nice little buy. If you're kind of into gardening and you're kind of new, I think it's a great one. To be honest, yes. I know I did like a cheeky thing. It was in our bookshop and <clears throat> the price was <clears throat> 17.99 and I got it on Amazon. Mm. I took a picture and I got it on Amazon for about £9. And it's hardback as well. But I just think it's... I, uh... Sorry, Jimmy, go on. Yes. I was going to say, I picked that book up for £3 once <laughs> from a high street shop. It was on sale for some reason. And yeah, it's really good. It's oh, I really did. That, like you see, and it's especially just really like, good. you know, if you're, if you're first dabbling in kind of gardening and everything like that, and it's got, I mean, there's quite a few books do the, the month by month, but I, I'm kind of, I like it. And at the moment, it's, I'm trying to not. Re- Use me phone in the toilet. This is me. This is one of my goals at the moment. So I'm reading <laughs> in the toilet at the moment. So that's that one. But I've also, Stephen, give us this one. I just want to recommend this one as well. Stephen, that was a great, and it's still a great book. This Ooh, Stephen very kindly trepped me to this book there. And if you're into salads and just Charlie Dowden with the salads is just kind of... I wonder if that's his kind of that his like forte salads. I know he grows all sorts of different things, but it's yeah, it's stuff for the market stall, isn't it? For for Charles, um, it's yeah. it's saleable items, and it's like I say this this book, and I didn't like I say Steve very kindly, very kindly bought me that book there. Stephen, thank you very much for that, sir. No, you're I've very, still been very Stephen. I've still been I've still been spending. One moment <laughs> doesn't <laughs> surprise <just> me. <laughs> I bought myself there. Wilgo's have oh. got sales on now, so fifteen pence, fifteen pence oh, for nice. some runner bean. Last of the big spenders. Oh, I know, I know. Oh, I've been spending weird. I've been spending, been spending more stuff. <laughs> there, look at them, bad oh, boys. I know. Threat myself. The so these are. I'm trying JB to make. If I can get into them. These are going to be my labels, next year's labels. So I'm going to, uh, they came with pens, but there's a link in the description if anybody wants them. <laughs> I want big ones, and obviously I can reuse them as well. So I've Flipping got them. Heck. I know. But I've I also got from Wilgo's. There we go. Got They'll double as um, ice scrapers for your windshield, won't they? <laughs> <laughs> I always put these in, and then they just seem to kind of, you know, they're great for, like, seeds. But I use yes. them, I keep putting them in as, like, in the garden, and they just kind of get lost and messed up. So I'm I'm going for a bigger version. So, <laughs> and I know the plastic. I've, I tried the wood. I tried the... Um, you know the wood, like a thick lollipop stick one, but it didn't, yeah, didn't work. Oh, and yeah. I got finally, I got a bag of what you call oh, them, very nice. snowdrops, snowdrops as well. Yes, very so, nice. Links in the descriptions for all, for all them. <laughs> Stephen, well, no seed box, blimey! I know, and, and actually, you know, I probably need one because I've left that in the polytunnel, and it's like as brittle as anything at the moment. So, but oh, I did. Dear. I did dig out the old, my old seed boxes, which are little metal ones, and I might just revert to that until I get 
another one. But <laughs> labeling then, Hannah, what are you? What are you for? Like, are you like wood or plastic, or do you try and reuse them, or do you just like keep on buying them and buying them? Because it's, I'm trying not to use as much plastic. That's my goal, and I'm thinking if I get a decent one, I can hopefully at least last a few years with it. What's your yeah, thoughts? I try and label. I try and label, but to be honest, half of the time I forget a label anyway. Oh, I know. I know. Um, I'm definitely one of those people. But um, I use the wooden ones generally. The only time I'll use the plastic ones are at work, like in the microgreens. Shouldn't be put the wood ones in there because they go kind of like mouldy. They just rot really. Right, right. We do use plastic in the microgreens, but in general, like in the garden and stuff, I'll just use wood. So you know. Well, you know the lolly stick ones. This is the problem I had, and I, I was writing with pencil, but it just seemed to like spread out. You know, like it just like decomposes almost. You know what I mean? And the words blend a little bit. And I'm not the neatest of writers, so that's what. Hence why I know it's plastic. But so, you, would you make a like a a decision? It's got to be kind of wood, or would you sometimes think, you know, what plastic? Just this. They're only a pound. Um, I get them. Yeah, I definitely. Throughout the time I've been gone, and I've definitely bought loads of single-use plastic, which is quite weird, actually, because I feel like a lot of stuff that you buy for your garden is actually sort of single-use plastic. Mm-hmm. But over the years, I've kind of tried to move away from it, like you. So I've used, like, milk cartons and stuff, cut them up and wrote labels on that rather than buying plastic ones. And I've tried all sorts, really. I do like to stay away from plastic if I can. Oh, I know, I know. GB, is that something you're... I mean, I know, I guess you certainly are, you know what I mean? But... What about labelling, though? Are you a good labeller? And what would you... No, no. I was hoping for something a little bit better. The only thing... It's the South Gardeners. That's what it is. The the bloody... The North East Gardeners look after themselves with this bloody South Gardener. (laughs) Yeah, no. The only thing I label carefully is my chilli peppers because... um, if, if you get those wrong, it takes such a long time (laughs) until you know what you're growing. Um, And there's lots that look similar. Um, but you know, might be ten times spicier than before. <laughs> um, they look similar. So you, really, I'm quite careful with those. But, um, yeah, generally I only label, um, you know, seedlings and things in little pots. And once they're out in the garden, that's it. You know, it's like no man, it could be anything out there. Um, you know, and generally it doesn't cause me too many issues um, because you know, a brassica is a brassica. You know, if it turns into a cauliflower, you know, it's a cauliflower. <laughs> If it turns into sprouting broccoli, you know it's sprouting broccoli. Um, you know, generally, and if it turns into a chili, you compost it. <laughs> yes, <laughs> yes. Um, you know, so normally I only have one or two varieties, and it's never too big a deal for me. But um, it is something I could definitely improve. What I do do is just shoot videos on my phone. So, like, if I haven't got labels with me, or I've forgotten a pen, or whatever. A, you know, 10 second video, me talking to myself on my phone going, that's that, that's that, that's that. <laughs> and you know, then I just try and find that video one day, which sometimes I can find it. Sometimes well, I was going to ask you, GB, about your, your labeling there. I, I'm guessing that's just pure alcohol there from like a, a DIY kind of nightmare week alcohol kind of session. <laughs> what, um, you know, you're, you're labeling of your chilies because, like you see, you've got to be spot on with them because, you know, like one. Yeah chili could be so how fastidious are you with that labeling and is it a nice little system you've got i just use um plastic labels but i make sure to get ones that don't go brittle after mm-hmm. one season 
you know, so the plastic labels I've got last many, many seasons. Um, and generally, I, you know, the, by the end of the season, I just use a Sharpie. Generally, by the end of the season, you can kind of rub off the, the text and or you just flip it over. <laughs> a lot of mine have been written on both sides yeah, I know how. Um, And I, you can use acetone um, to get rid of it at the, the end of the season which when I run out of labels, that's what I'll do. <laughs> but luckily, I haven't had to do that yet. <laughs> that's the plan anyway. We'll see. Stephen, what about you then with labels? Are you, is it something, because I mean, you're just kind of, your memory anyways, you know what I mean? Your, your granddad's been telling you to write that book for. So do you bother with labels? Is it something, because yes, I, I, I forget, label, to be honest. Label everything without right. fail. doesn't matter if you turn around for two seconds, you'll turn back around and you'll have forgotten what it was if you don't put a label in. So mm. that's the first thing is definitely label everything. And now I like the sentiment, and Tony O'Neill is here in the, in the chat now. I saw on one of his videos where he said he chooses to use plastic in the garden because that's what's best at the moment to suit his gardening style. In all other forms of life, he's recycling or choosing not to buy things in plastic. So those that sort of sentiment, I have to admit, that's a really honest and brilliant sentiment to have. Mm. So in that respect, I also choose to use plastic labels. I recycle plastics at home as well, the same as everybody else does. Mm -hmm. But that's my choice is to use the plastic labels because... I think they're the best for the job. The wooden ones are atrocious. And as you say, you know, the colour leaches up from the soil up through the wood and you can't read it. And I've not found anything suitable yet otherwise. I know you can kind of... I mean, I've, I've looked. Don't get us wrong, you know what I mean? I, like you say, and I went down the plastic route, but I've looked. And then you can go on to, like, let's say, the, the Etsy shops and you can get the yeah. individual look. But you're paying, like... A stupid amount for some some like yeah. artistic version I'd say is tomato, mm. and it's just like ah oh man, it's just like so. And that's a great what you mentioned about Tony there. So that's a great idea to kind of you can you can you know get plastics from other way and not use them, but it's best yeah. in the garden. And we went it's down all, that all route. in the balance. It's all uh, in the balance, isn't it? It's yeah, like if you uh, go on a diet, you can still eat fish and chips, but as long as you you. You know, the rest of your diet is balanced. You can still eat those fatty things and be on a diet at the same mm -hmm. time. So it's, everything's in balance, really. Well, I went down, and, and you use them as well now, Steve, those, you know, like the hard seed trays instead of the, yes. like the brittle ones, yeah. you know, and I got, we got yeah. like, those are, those are kind of a rush for those ones from Patch Potatoes was selling them. So, yeah. and I forget the, the company that actually does them as well, but it was just... Container-wise. Yes, yes. Yeah, they're just fantastic. You know, them brittle things are terrible. Do you know what I mean? They're just yeah. like, and they've come out and with those brittle things. Ones. Once they've been in the sun for a couple of months, right. they can shatter into a thousand pieces, and then yeah. you'll never be able to pick them up and recycle them away properly. Uh -huh. So they're all in the soil and everywhere. Then, JB, yeah, so what did what do you use for you? Have you got those trees we're talking about from Container Wise? And yeah, I, it was really kind actually. I had a subscriber that offered to send me some in the oh. post one day. Um, so yeah, they they sort of perks of the job, lad. Eh? Yeah, if you, oh, it's yeah. wonderful. But um, if you, before that, if I you did get have if you get up there, just, eh? if you get up there now and again, I don't, yeah. I don't know if you're a gardener. Or... <laughs> <laughs> um, I did have some before that were pretty good, uh, you know, heavy duty plastics, and I think they were just from Wilco. Um, so you can normally tell, um, 
you know, how long something's going to last by whether or not it flexes. You know, if you mm-hmm. pick up a seed tray and it's like flopping around, just put it back. <laughs> you know, uh-huh, just, uh-huh, you, know uh-huh. you really want one that's just rigid, like that you can flip around and is, you know, you know, it's going to last a while. Um, I think it's really worthwhile investing in some good seed trays. Sure. Well, I forgot as well. I know, GB, you're not on there again, but I, I, again, I've still forgot. I've still been spending, Steve. GB, Steve, Kenton. Yes, wait on, let me just put this down. It's a great. Um, so I try and get a calendar for every night, you know what I mean? Now, and I'd, I've been using like the Charlie Dowden one. And I got this calendar from Vital Seeds. Now, it's designed by, is it Isla Fish, Isla Middleton? And Byrony Middleton, and I, I, I'm, I'm going to say the sisters, you know what I mean? But I love it. I love the actual, the texture of it, the design of it. And again, it's one of those ones that tell you what to sow and what to, you know, what what kind of basically what to do. But it's just got, I mean, it's a lovely kind of feel. It's not like glossy paper, but it's, oh, it's, and I got, if I can just, let me just, Go to do, 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 screen share. So this is Isla's like page, and she's like a like a designer. And the notebooks and stuff that she does in her shop is just, you know, what I mean, I just wanted to give a little plug because I thought, oh, that's I love Lovely. the calendar, I love the style of it, and yeah. you know, a sister writes. So I think it's like two sisters write the words, and she does the the kind of the drawings and everything like that, and it's just. Some of the, the artwork's the, fabulous, isn't oh, it? Oh, I know. It's got that kind of comfort. Nice. I'm just going to see if I can. So there's like, and I tell you what I like. There's a Hannah. You might like this. There, a wild foraging notebook as well. Oh wow! Do you know what I mean? So, I just anything like that. And there's a traveler's joy notebook, but it's. I just thought that was actually lovely. So I'm just going to give a little plug there. There's a link in the description as well if you want to get the same calendar that I've got. Is is it the calendar? There's the calendar there. So I paid that price. But like I say, I got mine from Vital Seeds. And there's a great little passage in it about supporting like British and you know like local seed growers instead of going to like the big commercial ones. And it's just like I say, a lovely a lovely calendar. Fantastic. Yes, yes. yes. So what else we got? Um Oh Steve, while you're there, while you're there, lad. Uh, and this was a question from a couple of weeks ago, Steve. It was okay. Steve Hackett was asking, in your videos, you, you have lots of bags of compost, Steve. Now, and I'm sure I've seen them where you kind of, you know, you buy yeah. in bulk. You, d- d- what's the shelf life? And I'm interested to know that as well. What's the shelf life on compost? Because in theory, it should just last and get better and better and better. Um, to be honest, I don't know, but I'm, I'm assuming... You would lose some feed out of them over over time, just by pure leaching. Um, I mean, you you wouldn't lose much. I wouldn't have thought, but I all my compost I treat as a medium anyway. I always have done, so it it's just purely something to grow things in. Ninety uh, percent of the time, that's seeds. When it's seedlings, I always put a bit of feed in there anyway based on what seedlings going in. So mm-hmm. if, if, for instance, I'm potting on a brassica, there might be a little sprinkle of blood fish and bone. If I'm putting something like heavy feeders in there, like sweet corn or courgettes or pumpkins, there'll be more like half a handful of blood fish and bone going in there. So it really oh, depends wow. 
what's going in there next. But I've right. always done done that that way because I used to make uh, many years ago my own seed mixes up my own base mix, and then I could add my own mix ingredients, maybe a bit more leaf mold or a bit more sand as to what was going in there next. And that's where I'm going to have to go over the next few years because Pete's coming out the system, obviously. So I'm going to have to revert back to my old ways. Just while you're there, Stephen, uh, Stephen Blaze is asking, has Steve put uh, his lino down yet? <laughs> yeah, he has. It's, it's up here in the corner. Uh-huh. It's exactly uh-huh. where it's supposed to be. <laughs> <laughs> okay, one day, Stephen. Eh? One day that'll get that'll get sorted there. Eh? Scheduled for next week, right? Um, John Boyle is asking, um, "What do I do with patty pan squashes? Cooking wise, I have tried ro- I have tried roasting them. Hannah, I mean, I, I kind of see you doing loads of kind of like food prep and food preservation and all that." What about squashes? Is that something that you've been interested in or, or not bothered? Or Yeah, I've grown patty pans before, actually. Um, I usually try and grow quite a range of squash, but this year I kind of stuck to only the ones that I really enjoyed growing the years before. Um, but patty pans, I just roasted them, to be honest. They've got a really right. tough skin, so we just basically cut the top off and then scoop the um, flesh out of the middle and sort of stuff them with cheese or couscous or anything really. But yeah, I do love growing squash, but they just take over so much of the plot. Mm-hmm. Mm. So just just go on to these patty pans then. When you were saying there that you, you cut the top off, stuff it with, with other food, are you eating everything after that once it comes out of the oven? Just the whole thing, skin yeah, and everything? You, yeah, you can. Um, I would probably just eat the bits out of the middle, to be honest. Right. Um, but honeyboard squash, they're kind of like long and stripy. It grew like loads of them last year. And the only real way that I found to preserve them quite well and eat them was pretty much to roast them. Right, right. And I'm being a bit nice because I don't actually eat that many, you know, s- squashes and I should do. <sighs> uh, all right, all right. All right. And have they got... Um, <laughs> question. I'll, get, I'll get shot down and have they got different flavors are they all just like a plain bland kind of flavor <laughs> i mean they do sort of have different flavors but you do have to add a lot to them and make them taste nice mm-hmm. um but i mean in terms of like the restaurant and stuff they do look cool on a plate if you've got sort of like a bright blue pup squash or something but they are a bit bland, if I'm being honest. Well, that's, I, that's, I know that's kind of like I've always. I don't. I can, I can eat anything, Hannah. Do you know what I mean? Kind of, I've got like an iron gut, and it, but I always kind of think with a squash, it's just like, am I missing something? Do you know what I mean? I can eat it. Do you know what I mean? It still goes down, kind of thing. But I just, I don't know. It's like you say, obviously a lot of flavour and a lot of chilli. GB, is that something you you cook and grow then, or well, I, I, yeah. I, Squash. I love a squash, and my favourite thing about squashes is how long they last in the cupboard or just at home because I'm so lazy when it comes to cooking. So anything that doesn't need to be used straight away that has a long shelf life, I just love it because it's so forgiving. Um, butternut squash especially is, like, my, my all-time favourite. Like, at the end of the season, we always have a freezer full of um, butternut squash and chilli soup. Um, it's just it's just so good. But um, last year I grew a patty pan as well, and it was like quite a small, nice, um, I 
it was called Summer Sunburst. Um, nice bright yellow. And that was quite nice if you if you <laughs> sliced it thinly and fried it with garlic and butter. Just like <laughs> pretty much in every other yeah. vegetable. <laughs> <laughs> and totally change the, the total flavour of it and, and hide it and mask it. Then you've got a kind of decent meal. Is yeah. that what we're kind of, is that the way we're going? Yeah, that's it. <laughs> Steve, are you a pumpkin guy? Like a different different variety? Yes, I love them. I mean, there are quite a few out there. They've all got flavour. There are quite a few out there that are very mild in flavour. But if you want the ultimate, um, there's a couple I think of the ultimate. One is Marina de Chiogia, and I'll type that out somewhere for you one day. <laughs> but um, that's only... Well, it originates from Venice, and it's sold as a uh, street food there. They love it. But that is stunning, absolutely stunning. You roast that. It's ugly as sin to look at. It looks like it's covered in warts. Great for Halloween. <laughs> um, but, yeah, fantastic squash. So, you know, when you're t- seeing there as well, Steve, about roasting, is that the same, like what I mentioned to Hannah? Do you, are you eating the skin, or are you just using, like, carving out the middle and just eating the flesh? After roasting, it, it depends what you want to use it for. If you wanted to use the flesh for making a soup with, I would chop it up into big wedges and just roast them as big wedges in the oven. Um, if I was wanting to use it as a vegetable, say like for to go along with some roast potatoes or a roast dinner, then I would peel the flesh off with a knife and then chunk it up and just roast them like mm-hmm. you do with potatoes, and they're stunning. Absolutely stunning. Right, right. Oh, so you get hungry uh, again. Yeah, slap down fuse. Okay. I'm not trying them. I tell you what, Steve. While while we're on there, I've had a bit of a disaster, and I wish I'd had a photograph. I've got a video somewhere of it. But all them, um, all me fennels went to seed. Oh, so, gosh. Aye, aye, so, and I had them outside. They're all looking healthy, but they've all flowered there. And I thought, oh, bollocks! You know what I mean? It's just, the look of the draw. I'm, I'm hoping someone will send send a bulb over. Now you know what I mean from Cumbria. <laughs> <laughs> I was gonna, I was gonna say, I was hoping someone would send one up from London, but I, I <laughs> might have as, as worth bad luck as me. So you know, I'd be a bit of a wait that one. <laughs> right, let's see any more. What time we got? We're running now. We're running out of time. Time for one more question, I think. Um, Right, well, this is a nice one then, Stephen. Let's just, um, I'll put myself on there. Hello, I have access to unlimited aged and fresh wood chip from a local tree surgeon. What is the best way to use it on the allotment apart from paths and on established fruit bushes? Now, Steve, I think I, I'm not saying got wrong off you, but you know what I mean? I was kind of told that I put, because I put, I got like this fresh, fresh, uh, wood chip, put it and mix it in with me compost. Now, you say that would possibly draw out all the nitrogen and use up all the nitrogen. Is that right? That's the, that's the common thought. I mean, I, I I have been looking into something else. I think it was Hugh Richards. He's posted something mm. just a couple of days ago about wood chip, but that's from much younger branches. So I don't know much about that. That's all totally new to me. Uh, but yeah, traditionally the knowledge always has been that carbon breaking down requires nitrogen to do that and will leach it from the soil. Pathways are a good source because after a couple of years of walking on them and degrading, you can 
pull that up and use it as seed compost because obviously the seed compost just needs to be wet to germinate your seeds and then you move it on anyway so um yeah more pathways definitely but is <laughs> yeah. it, is it not the case with that because my thinking was that this is like a brown matter do you mean and i've got me green yeah. matter and i mixed them like that and to be honest i don't know if it kind of if, there were, if there's a difference or not, but we still, the, the debate is between me and you is still out on that. Do you know what I mean? You kind of so can can now has I'm just, it's just a, got a, access just a, such a, a vast amount of green or nitrogenous material is needed to break down that wood chip. It's it's I think it's something Tony's probably in there and he'll probably tell you. In there, and I think uh, it's something like five hundred to one or something. Well, he has a he has a question then, Steve, because I know you you've got the ultimate Rolls Royce in composters at the moment. Would you oh, yes. would would oh. you consider putting like a bucket of load or two in there? Not yeah, too much. All yeah, right, I um, and also that by the same token, if I've got none available, which I haven't at the moment, I'm using things like brassica stems chopped up small or mm-hmm. sweet corn stems or my sunflower stems in the other composter. So, yeah, using all that sort of stuff for chunky right. matter. But, yeah, right. wood chipping there is good. I mean, it is nice for paths, don't you? I know, I know it's, kind of, it's the ultimate kind of path. Kind of cool. Hannah, do you use wood chip by any chance? I do, yeah, on my paths, um, and I, I kind of mulch things with wood chip, but now I'm not sure after Steve just said that, but I thought that it was to like lock moisture in, but maybe I'm on the wrong... Well, I was probably thinking, Hannah, I was probably thinking, you know, going down your route as well, because maybe, I'm, I can't remember if I did or not, but I let it kind of certainly settle and compost down, and it was to mm-hmm. the point where it looked like almost like, it's, like a, a rough soil texture, and I remember putting that on me, raspberries last year which seemed to be all right do you know what i mean so I th- maybe the the debate's still out i don't know, you know. well tony's just saying there in the chat yes to that it's 500 to one on one chip 500 to one but you know there was one thing that we used to do on the allotments many years ago when everything because we used to use basically a pathway up the center of the allotment and everything else was growing space we used to use every inch so you never really had room for a compost heaps, but you piled everything up on your path and kept moving it around. At the end of the season, everything was put in a pile, and then you layered your compost heap directly on the soil you were going to spread it on the next year. But back then, we used to use, uh, I think it was sulfate of ammonia, on the woody on the woody bits in the compost heap. So that's like a lot of nitrogen straight onto the carbon, and then... You would layer it with straw and hay and whatever else material you had. But the thicker wood always had sulphate of ammonia on to help break that down. Right, right. There you go. Mm. Yeah, the old, the, old, the old ways, possibly still the oh, best yes. ways, are they? Well, now, I Hannah, know, I forgot, I don't, I don't know, know so if I've, I mentioned, Hannah, that we do a... I'll, wait, I'll come to last for you, but we do a tip of the week, where if you've got a tip okay. for the week, because we're coming up with, on the hour there, so I'll jump straight back to Stephen and ask that young fella from Cumbria his tip of the week. Right, water butts this time of year is definitely a a good time of the year to um, clean them out. What can happen is if you've got a water butt coming off a roof somewhere down a downpipe, you're getting all little bits of dirt and moss in there, and that could settle at the bottom of your water butts. 
things can start breeding in there and start causing, you know, sometimes in early spring or early summer, you'll see things actually swimming around in your water. So while there's plenty of water around, plenty of rain, drain a water, but use it if you have to, but give it a good clean out and get rid of that detritus at the bottom. Top tip. Steve and I have done exactly that this past, well, probably a couple of weeks ago there now. I've kind of <laughs> accidentally, to be honest, I, I dropped a bag of um, compost on it and it kind of hit the me, me spout oh, no. and oh. it leaked. So I, I thought, well, I'll, I'll wash it out while it's empty. Do you know what I mean? So, I thought you were going to say you dropped a bag of cameras in it or something. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, I would have been upset. I would have been. Yeah. JB, sir, your tip of the week. Yeah, so um, this week I thought I'd talk a little bit about chilli peppers, my favourite thing to talk mm-hmm. about. Um, but one of the interesting things about chilli peppers is that they don't ripen in the same way as a lot of other fruits and vegetables like tomatoes. You know, So if you have a green chilli and you take it off the plant, it's not going to ripen to red like a tomato might. Um, so just you just really want to make sure if you're growing chilli peppers, and we're getting towards kind of the end of the year and main harvest time now, um, just make sure you try and leave them on the plant for as long as possible. And if you do have any plants that are looking a bit sad or a bit sickly, um, or you've got like a damaged branch, one thing you can do is just leave the peppers on the branch, and they should they should then ripen. But if you if you take the unripe peppers off and try and ripen them at home on the windowsill, they might change colour a little bit, but they won't develop the flavour properly. So just try and be extra patient with your chili peppers. Well, that's GB. That's exactly mine because there was four plants that I did as a test, and now I don't want to kind of get rid of them because now they've all got they're all covered in green chilies. But I don't think mm-hmm. they. I think I'm going to be like. What, so I guess if a frost comes and it, it dips below one, that'll kill. A, will it ruin the fruit as well? Or well, so the main the main thing for the plant itself is going to be the soil temperature. So as so long right. as the roots can stay relatively warm, the plant shouldn't die. You might get a little bit of leaf dieback, especially if you've got stuff pushing up against the polytunnel. Depends how you know properly cold the air temperature in your in your polytunnel. It's the north of England, man. It's bloody freezing <laughs> compared to you southerners. Do you know what I mean? It's cold in bloody summer. We're having a lovely one. So what? But, um, yeah, the actual fruit itself should probably be fine. Um, but yeah, if your plant does die, what you can do is cut it right at the base. And right. then hang the whole thing on your polytunnel upside down. That's what Chili Chump does. Um, he hangs the whole plant, kind of lets it dry and die out. But then when the pods are still on the plant, you'll get like a proper ripening process happening. It doesn't always work. I tried it a bit last year, and some of them ripened, some of them didn't. But um, that's how well, it, that's how. And I what would what would you recommend then, GB, for like unripe chilies, like green chilies? I guess. Can oh, you yeah. still say so there? There are some Almost. nice, um, some some nice. <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> there are some nice green green chili sauces that you can make. Um, I'm always great. Sauces is the first thing I go to, but you can use them fresh in cooking as well. Lots right. of curry is cool for green so chili. So if that kind of it, thing. you don't mind, you, but, you can use a green chili, like an unripe chili, should I say, in in anything? It's just, will you still get a yeah. bit of heat? Or not flavor. Oh yes, yeah. They're they're not quite as hot, but um, they just don't develop that kind of sweetness and the complex flavor that that chili is kind of known for. Right, right. You know, so don't, if you have a green um, chili, it will taste very, very different. Um, like if you take a green jalapeno or a red jalapeno, you wouldn't you wouldn't even think that they were the same chili. 
you know they taste so completely different um we're used to green jalapenos just because they taste quite nice and you can get twice as big a harvest if you pick them all off when they're green um so yeah you can still use the green ones but you know just be careful don't use too mm-hmm. many um, you if you're that's almost like a little nice tip for personal tip for me do you ever think about much because <laughs> like you see I've, I've got these and i'm i'm loath to kind of throw them because of you know like they're, they're almost like your babies you know what i mean like they've been through and i thought yes yeah i didn't think they would actually fruit but now they're all fruiting away there and i'm thinking so, I like this time of year. It's like a little race for your chili peppers, you know, uh-huh. to see how long they're going to go. I'm I'm fine for a little while yet, you know, because you know Goldilocks down here. Oh no, I know Goldilocks, <laughs> Goldilocks zone. <laughs> <laughs> Hannah, can I have your tip of the week, please? Yeah. So, and um, what I like to do this time of year when I'm clearing the majority of the plot, I always like to leave a few things around just sort of for the wildlife. Um, mm. So I've got some cosmos that are still in there and I cut back a few fruit bushes and I was going to put them in the incinerator and have a fire a few weeks ago. And then when I moved them, there was quite a few little frogs in there. So I've just left them just for a little bit longer. And nice. um, so, yeah, I do like to leave some stuff in just over the autumn, mm. just for the wildlife. Hey, Hannah, that honestly, you've kind of read my mind there because where I, where the, this house is there now, I've got like a back garden and the neighbours cut down like a load of big ivy things. And I was actually going to do a video about buying an incinerator bin, you know, the, the, the dustbins that I've got the holes in. And yeah, I thought, yeah. oh, that would be, and that'd be great. I'll, I'll have a big fire going and look great on camera. And then I thought, do you know what? There's like, we do get hedgehogs. And I'm thinking, even if there's mm-hmm. not a hedgehog now, there's a good chance that, and I didn't, and I thought, do you know what? Sorry, so I just burned everything and filmed it. Look great. Well, <laughs> 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 I, I did. No, I thought you know what? I'm, I'm going to have to. So that's a great tip. So I've actually done that as well. So well done, Hannah. While you're here, there, it's been lovely having you. Oops, you had one of my headphones gone out there. It's been lovely having you on. Thank you so much for coming on. It's um, hopefully we'll get you on again if that's okay. Yeah, definitely. It's been lovely. It's been lovely. Oh. Marvellous. And everyone else, Stephen, thank you very much, sir. It's always a pleasure. Always a pleasure, <laughs> sir, to have you on there. And thank JB, you very much, Tony. I know, well, <laughs> JB, I will try and get this sort of your kind of, if you hang on for a little second after we say goodbye, I'll try and get the <laughs> yeah, we'll screen get set up there. I should have done that straight away, <laughs> but you know. So anyway, big thank you to everyone who's watched. It's been a blast. We will be here next week as well. I think it is JB and Audrey, the, 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 the old team, is back as well with Stephen and myself, so... We're getting the band back together. Back the band back together again, so yes. So don't forget the podcast, that would be fantastic, and the Discord as well. Look after yourselves, take good care, Thanks, and everyone. we'll see you. Cheers, Hannah, thanks for joining. Thanks very much.